Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster of Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, God, what if we can't find this movie? We'll find this movie. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome to the Superpod HeroCast. This is episode two. I'm Casey Ryan. I'm Todd Panic, And we just watched... Captain America. 1979 asterisk TV movie. Todd, we just watched the worst Captain America. Well, well is it the worst? Because oh, oh. 90 is pretty bad, too. First of all, whoa, because I feel like <laughs> there's an order of things here. Sure. Point, point of order. We got to talk about what we're drinking. I, we have to talk about what we're drinking. We should look back at episode one. Let's do a couple things. So... Here's our segment, reshoots. Man. Every were... movie has reshoots. Why wouldn't our podcast? Some movies get lambasted for having reshoots. Justice League. Others, they just ignore that that happens with every movie. Highlander to the director's cut. Oh, boy. I was going to go with the Marvel movie. Okay. Shot oh. across the bow. Okay, got it. Highlander 2 works, too. Sure. So what we intend to do is, look, we're not fallible, or we're not imperfect. We're fallible. We're not perfect. There you go. Yeah. We're not imperfect. <laughs> we'll get to the beer. Uh, we're <laughs> So we should point out that we started drinking prior to- I may have prepped. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But uh, what we intend to do is, at each episode, look backwards. Was there something we got wrong in the prior episode or episodes? As our legion of followers grows, inevitably- They'll tell us. We got some stuff wrong. So as we look back at episode one, Batman the movie, 1966, anything, did we get it wrong? Are we way off base? One thing that I know I misstated was the human porpoise is actually Robin who says that. But I'm still going to go with that. He was supposed to say humane. He said human porpoise. And the director's like, fuck, we got we to go with it. it there's with a it. pot that needs to be smoked. So Do you have anything? Uh, no, I think we're good. So you oh, are perfect. I am perfect. Oh, boy. Yes, I tell my wife that all the time. Theoretically, if we had mistakes there, we would share them. Or if someone wanted to or point something want, out. We'll take your feedback, right? So we get it wrong, you tell us. Send us an email. Write us a letter. Oh, but the only, only cap, cap writes, writes letters. letters. Tony. That's right. But you get it to us at... Super pod hero cast at hotmail. Shit. Oh. G- <laughs> at gmail.com. Send us your emails. We are willing to share our flaws. However, we're feeling pretty good about episode one.
Todd, before we start the movie. Yes. Very important. We, what are we drinking? We are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. I love this tagline. It's a great tagline. Yeah. So let's talk about what we're drinking. We have Brooklyn Brewery's Summer Ale. So before we start critiquing this movie. First of all, that's really good. Uh, it is very good. It's a nice good. summer beer. And how fitting for a hero who is just a guy from Brooklyn. Just a guy from Brooklyn. All right. First of all, Captain America, 1979 movie, has a Rotten Tomato score of 10%. That is a failing grade. You think? Yes. Okay. As I am the world's greatest Batman fan, you are... The world's greatest Captain America fan. So why don't you give us a quick history lesson on the character that is Bucky Barnes. The world's greatest superhero? Oh, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Okay, I see. That's how we're going to play it. Okay. This was the first non-serial appearance of Captain America, yes? Yes. In my opinion, defining character in the Marvel Universe. Ironically, not created as part of Marvel Comics. It's a Marvel Comics predecessor, Timely Comics, 1941. Okay. Uh, Jack the King Kirby, responsible for so many great characters and stories across uh-huh. every comic publisher. Jack Kirby and Joe Simon create this all-American boy. He is the 4F reject, too weak, too frail, too sickly to go fight the Germans in World War II and will do anything to serve his country, volunteers time after time, and is plucked from his misery by Dr. Erskine, who injects him with the super soldier serum transforming him into not a superhuman but the pinnacle of human perfection as the perfect weapon to represent america against our nazi foes this is why i have you on here because you are a writer and you (laughs) succinctly gave a history lesson on captain america with some tidbits that i didn't know you know i think when we speak about so many characters captain america being one of them batman Mm -hmm. being one of them today in 2017 the character is different than it was years ago we have both said there's a part in the comics that was the end of the comics for us right it doesn't exist beyond that we acknowledge that there's activity occurring but it's It's, not in our world sometimes mm -hmm. as these characters age and mature we get better opportunities for storytelling i think captain america is a perfect example because captain america's defining element is not his patriotism is not the fact that he is a man not superhuman but the Mm -hmm. pinnacle of human perfection his essential defining element is he is a man out of time from World War II America in modern society. And I love that that's never changed. Like Iron Man, originally it was the Vietnam War he was stuck in. Yes? Uh, it's, you know, I had a note to look that up. Yeah, keep okay. riffing on that. So It's definitely Asia. So it's, it's, so, it's the only question is, in my mind, is it, is it Korea or Vietnam, which I'm looking up. Tony is stuck in war and he gets a shrapnel in his heart. We all know that part of the story. But when they made the movie that we will eventually get to and in the comics they've updated it to whatever terrible war we're fighting at that point but cap has always been world war ii that's his defining element so the the joke in a better captain america movie captain america the first avenger when we see this cartoonish chris evans captain america on stage with a uso tour Mm -hmm. punching out an adolf hitler stand-in in his line, I've punched him out a hundred times. Well, that's the cover of the Captain America number one. There is no way to update this character. When this movie we just watched came out, Captain America at that point, so he's a man out of time, but it doesn't really mean a whole... Actually, it means nothing in this movie. <laughs> but in the era in which this movie was created, that's occurring in the comics, but it doesn't mean as much because it's literally only 30 years ago. Late 40s, the end of World War II, he's put on ice in suspended animation. Fast forward to the 70s, that's just an event from a few decades ago. 
in Avengers number one, when the Avengers rescue him from the block of ice, that right. is picking up from where he was plunged into the Arctic Sea when the bomb explodes, killing that Bucky. Was, yeah, that was the death of Bucky. In yeah. Scent. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. What a downer of an issue. So you know, like, hey, kids, you really like these characters? Well, one's going to die and one's going to be frozen in ice. Bye. <laughs> Have we figured out <laughs> When? Nope. So if you go to Wikipedia, they will they will give no. you a nice page called Disambiguation, oh which is where they try to unravel all of the various confusions or, or crossing of the streams. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Right, that's bad. Tony is stuck in the Vietnam War and... Um, People can correct so, us if we're wrong. You oh, know, boy. some things that don't change about Tony Stark and Iron Man from his origins to today, he's a weapons manufacturer unexpectedly put into the environment in which his weapons are being used and then right. everything happens. It's just whatever. But war we update we're the fighting. conflict, right? Yeah. So in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Now it's F. It's it's it's, it's yeah. not clearly stated, but it's clearly implied. No, it says it's Af- Af- it says is it Af- Afghanistan? Afghanistan two thousand eight. It clearly says one hundred percent right on the screen. Okay, so for the record, Iron Man appears first in Tales of Suspense thirty nine, March sixty three. So that is pre Vietnam era. The Asian country that he is wounded oh. with shrapnel of the heart is a reference to the Korean conflict during the nineteen fifties. But what we should probably do is fucking Captain America. Well, do we have to? Because yeah, I'm enjoying everything <laughs> but that. So let's start right at the very beginning. Okay. Usually a very good place to start, but that means we have a whole hour and a half of a movie to talk about. I want to start right at the beginning, like second 10 of it. There's the establishing shot of, we don't know, we're we're just seeing a van. It's a van. It's a van on a clearly Pacific highway. There's no place on the Atlantic (laughs) coast that looks that relaxed. And where is Steve from? You mean real Steve or 79 Captain America TV film Steve? Are they trying to say that this takes place in an alternate universe not to the extent that dc does so so marvel does have some that's what makes them better or requires this universe killing crisis on alternate earth series hey let's kill off a hundred alternate worlds we've created that also that was awesome All right. So in this 1979 tv movie which opens with the most banal Oh, it's so bad. But in like, I want to say 10 seconds in, it's an establishing shot, and it's obviously in a helicopter doing it, but a piece of the fabric that's holding the camera in place Come just on. flops oh. right into the shot, and there's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix it in post, um, is not what they said. Two minutes and 25 seconds into the film, in the establishing credits, there is a special guest appearance by C. Forrest. Where do I recognize him from? He was in Mommy Dearest, for which he apparently won a Razzie. I think he is Joan Crawford's later-in-life boyfriend during the era of the- No wire hangers ever! Remember the guy she's dating at that point? Oh, my God. That's, really? Yes. Is there anything else, though, around this time? Would you be perhaps referencing the TV series S period, W period, A period, T period, SWAT, in which he played Lieutenant Hondo- Hondo Solo. Yeah. Hondo. <laughs> so two minutes and 55 seconds in, the credits say that there is a special guest appearance by a character who, throughout the film, is much more than a special guest appearance. He's you, literally the bad guy. Do you think they ran out of money to throw at people to do this piece of shit movie? I and think, they were like, oh, well, we can't give you money, but we'll make you a special guest appearance. I want to be fair I'm in both of our favorite universes. Episode one, if you recall, I rated Batman an A. Based on they knew exactly what they were going 
going to do. They were clear about it, and they did it, and they executed that well. Given that, I feel obligated to point out that this is a TV movie. Oh, okay. So I'm not saying they get a total pass, but I feel no. like we can't compare them in the same way we would a cinematic release. You know, it's a it's written by a TV writer. His name is Don Ingalls. He happens to be he's a acquaintance and friend before a apparently famous falling out with Gene Roddenberry. They were both police officers in the LAPD. Oh yeah. So okay. he writes it. And uh, TV director Rod Holcomb's very experienced TV director. But again, we're we're in a different environment. It's it's not uh, a Hollywood movie. It's, it's different. All right. The next thing I have to say is, so Steve's there and he's talking to some guy waxing a board. My note is, where the fuck is Chris Evans? My note was, hey, it's Tony Danza. (laughs) Point of fact, it's not not. Tony Danza. It is not. The dialogue in that scene. I think your statement would be correct if you remove in that scene, but please continue. (laughs) Well, I was, before we get to that. Oh. The dialogue in that scene, it was almost like they were on a dare to see who could um, have the most wooden dialogue in the scene. Hey, I bet you I could make this scene really shitty with my acting. No, I'll top you. Hey, Steve-O. How you doing, buddy? Real good, man. Real good. Yeah, where you been? I figured you got out of the Marines two weeks ago. Well, I've been coming down the coast slow and easy, you know, kicking back. Pretty mellow set of wheels. Yeah. It's going to be my home on the road for the next few years. All right. Hey, did I get any mail? Yeah, I think a couple. Hey, take this. Hey, thanks, man. You're welcome. That's fair. I, here's spoiler. Reb Brown, Steve Rogers, Captain America, wins every contest for the most wooden dialogue. And, and I have a note later on in the movie, and it just happens to occur that I wrote the note at the end of the movie. But you could have inserted this note any point in the movie. Every time he speaks, it sounds like he's being dubbed. And I feel like he was so flat in the filming that they're like, you know what? The sound must have been bad. We'll just bring him in and we'll overdub the dialogue. And they did that. And it's like, oh, that's actually how he sounds. But on the dialogue, the acting and the music in that first scene with the surf shop scene. Were we in a porno? If we're in a porno, it's 70s porno. So there's no waxing. It's full bush. That's good. (laughs) I thought that guy, Tony Danza's stunt double and Reb Brown, were going to totally start making out at the end of that scene. Like, thanks for that information. Tony Danza's dick double? Because if that's a gay porn, I've got bad news for anyone watching modern porn. That is hairy dicks and hairy assholes. I feel like that's a credit. I Uh, think the show has reached a new low with that joke. Well, we're episode two, so we'll see. How low can we go? How long will that stay? So we're seeing the van, this clearly Pacific Coast highway. It's got this very kind of post-hippie. And at one point, Steve makes this reference to he's been through three military schools in the Marine Corps, and he just wants to be. I completely missed that. So he's a military dropout or with honors? See, like so many things, in this movie (laughs) we dangle some fact and then pay no more attention to it what do we call it the spaghetti school of screenwriting yeah throw it at the screen see what throw the shit so i'm not going to share his mantra there but he references three military schools in the marine corps now he just wants to kick back and find out who he is oh my god so 79 there's still vestiges of post captain america hip america a little bit. And then after that scene, he gets a phone call from. What? Can we stop for one second? Because <laughs> I'd, like I'd like to. Are you going to defend? Point of order. I think, again, 
we need to talk about one of the key pieces of Captain America's identity, right, is that he starts out, he is a 4F, unsuitable for military service. Basically, you are so frail and unhealthy that you could not serve in any aspect mm. for military service. So he starts out as this 4F weakling, okay. unable to serve despite his burning desire to serve his country, and then is transformed by the super soldier serum or right. whatever we're going to call it in this him. movie. But the movie starts, he's already Captain America. Rep he's Brown, jacked. to be fair, he arguably looks the most Captain America-like before he gets any costume. He's an artist who could crush you. And there's an easy fix to that by putting looser clothes on him so we don't see how jacked he is. Maybe not full body shots. Maybe <laughs> more things like, you know, have a, have a fern. I brought this fern. Steve, you can put the fern down. I really no, can't. So then, after all that, Steve decides he's going to drive into L.A. because his buddy is like... I'm like, is he going to fuck this dude? Oh, my God. So he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll come right away. And he's like, no, uh, 9 o'clock, come to my house. I'm like, he's going to fuck this dude. Interestingly, they're a decade apart, Batman 66 and Captain America here. But in both of them, really, things start moving immediately. There's nothing to establish kind of where we're at. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know I mean, yeah. like, and don't we're like expect. minute three of this Oh, movie. yeah, don't expect. Don't e And two minutes of that was credits. So oh, it's not like. God. Two it, Credits Two and bad and music. 25 seconds of oh. credits. Not a good sign for this hour and a half movie. So where is he going? Thousand Oaks? Is this even he, a real place? No, he's going to L.A. He's on his way to L.A. But he has to stop in Thousand Oaks to have sex with that guy. So he tells Tony Danza, Dick Double, <laughs> that he's going to connect with this guy on his way to L.A. Talk about <laughs> placing this movie. He received a number of telegrams mm -hmm. from this guy. He's going to go make contact. So the third guy in the gay threesome <laughs> that is going to happen is this sneery blonde guy. Discount David Thewis. Yes. Following him in what looks like a cheap cop car, radioing yeah. in, clearly following Steve. So they go down the highway. We've got this staged construction area where clearly no work is being done. And we see a flag man with a radio. And the guy says, okay, he's coming your way. So, okay, this is a big ambush. It's a big setup. This movie would be 40 minutes long without all these fucking establishing shots. They show the guy with the stop sign. And it's like <laughs> a good three or four seconds on this guy. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Move it along. Get the story going again. The guy that we're following who looks like a cop or a federal agent. So that's my first thought. Okay, they're like the government is watching him. Radio's ahead. Okay, he's headed your way. He's passing your way. So they, they get the whole charade. Stop him. Construction. Oh, there's construction up here. You're going to have to take the mountain road. That implies to me you'll get there tomorrow instead of today. The mountain right. road. Mountain road is. That's not good. Not to mention there's no like damage to the road done. It's just like, yeah, you can't go this way. It's a guy with a, we, a little shovel. And all of a sudden, we, we have the first eco crime of oh the movie. God. Because all of a sudden, this big tanker mm -hmm. flips a switch and oil starts just spurting from the back of the truck, like coating the whole highway. It's like he was drifting. Is this movie a prequel to The Fast and the Furious? No, dear God, please, no. You didn't like them, so we have a little bit of an age gap between us. I was a fan of chips growing up. Oh, I, I like chips. Okay, I was Poncherulo for Halloween one year. No. Please tell me there's pictures. Uh, oh, there's probably pictures, but I was Poncherulo. 
Most people call them punch, but you know, I prefer the formal punchrulo. So all of those highway shots scream chips. chips. Oh yeah. So I'm happy because I love that. That's a great TV show. I'm like, yeah, let's get the two California highway motorcycle patrolmen out there and we got us a fucking movie. Unfortunately, none of that happens. None of that happens in this. But uh, it would also not be unusual in chips for that oil slick. Like right up through the oil slick, I'm like, oh, this is a chips episode. <laughs> I've seen this a hundred times. Sure. See that one shitty looking car on the highway? That's the one that's going to explode. But in this, it is Cap's van. I got to tell you, that stunt with the van, highlight of the movie for me. Really? So it's clearly the van, and that van is spinning on the road. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's fun, but... Uh, it's still, it took too fucking long. I'm working with what I got here. Okay. So it crashes. Steve gets out. He's like, oh, my van. And his shirt is ripped. But I have the it same note. I have the same clean note. Clean as a whistle. Clean as it a whistle. Is, oh. But it's only ripped to show his perfectly chiseled shoulder. Which he should not have yet. Is this the most homoerotic podcast episode that we're going to have? <laughs> is this the most hom- we homoerotic to? superhero oh, movie we watch? No. Hashtag bat nipples. Hashtag fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So we've got this great practical effect. I mean, the that is a van spinning. It is a, it is a good practical that's effect. That's a great moment in, in this shitty movie. So we've got the old oil slick. It works. The van slides. The van goes careening over the edge of the cliff, tumbles, falls. Uh, and, and if I may, yes. I'd like to do some radio hour work on the length of him realizing that his van is trash to oh i have my dirt bike okay so it crashes <laughs> crashes Ooh, nice and then he's like he gets out like oh my shirt's ripped oh my van is wrecked <laughs> oh there's my dirt bike I can use my dirt bike to get to L.A. Fuck you. Boom, boom, boom. That should have been like a two-second scene. And Oh, no, my van is wrecked. So oh, no, my bike. Then we go from him standing in ripped. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so not only is the shirt pristine, but for the rips that display his rippling muscles. Action rips. Yeah. Right? But it's white, right? So it's pristine and white. Literally, there is not a mark. Also... Mm-hmm. It's the 70s. He probably had a seatbelt, but he probably wasn't wearing it. Literally, the van goes end over end. He's straight he up He pops dead. out. He's like, oh, my shirt is No ripped. blood on his face. Nothing. I mean, would in 79, would they have been able to do that on TV? Is that why? Oh, that that's an interesting question. I don't know. That's a great question. Maybe. Uh, but you know what? Who cares? Who cares? This movie is. <laughs> Listen, you can't. We are trying. <laughs> we're trying. We're giving it. We're, we're, we're giving it the old Harvard try. But. So, so my next note, though, mm-hmm. is I was like, wait a minute. So he gets out of the van. <laughs> We know that the guy who I thought was a cop is not a cop. He's conspired to run him off the road. The van is wrecked. The dirt bike is wrecked. His good white T-shirt is torn. Oh. Cut to United States Government National Security Laboratory. Again. What the fuck? And then that's where we meet. Simon Mills. Is he a movie voiceover guy? Because it sounds like he's like... Your father was my doctoral advisor. I assisted him in most of his experiments. I used to get daily reports on his son, the motorcycle racer and motocross expert. He's got that, like, his voice doesn't match, is what I'm trying to say. Like, who he looks like. 
Got it. Not to disparage either one of her voices, but it would be like, one thing we will <laughs> not have a problem with on this podcast is people telling us apart. I sound like me, you sound like you, but if all of a sudden I was like, so Todd, what did you think of this movie? Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it would be the craziest thing. And that's what I felt like. Did they just ADR this entire movie? Well, that would certainly explain why Reb Brown sounds so weird throughout the whole movie. Yeah, well, that was a while ago. And it's like he's in a different room than everyone else is speaking. It is the worst ADR of a 70s TV movie. So, so now we get into the science. Blah, blah, blah. Science, science, science. Dr. Mills does a lot of exposition. Every bit of establishing the world and the scenario that we didn't get at the beginning of the movie because mm -hmm. we needed to show that the ocean coast and the van we're getting now in the laboratory holy cow does he throw information so much now i only know captain america based mostly off the more modern chris evans starring movies mm -hmm. does it have the same name in those movies no. no why would you take anything you have available so famously in the comics the super soldier serum mm -hmm. right this is the catalyst that transforms 4f skinny steve to the pinnacle of human perfection why wouldn't you just take that let's come up with a new thing for this shitty tv movie oh this is only for this movie this is only for this movie so it's flag flag oh and what does flag stand for so, full latent ability game because that's so, so much better than super soldier serum so did they come up with the acronym flag and then figure out the letter and figure out the words absolutely oh boy yes which is never the way to go for it. Nope. I think the retcon of the super soldier serum is the whole piece where Bruce Banner was working on a variation of the super soldier serum. Yes. That is the more broadly known succession of super soldier serum. How do we recreate it? We had this one guy, but Professor Erskine was killed by that Nazi spy. How do we bring that back? It's more commonly seen as that's what you know leads to the Hulk. You know, Banner's working on that. This flag is totally for the TV movie, and it's... Uh, yeah, it's fine, I guess, for what, it works. For what we're watching. Um, okay, so, yeah. so then we see some rats that have been in... They're super rats. They're super rats. And how do we know they're super rats? Because One is pulling up 225 pounds. Yeah, it, it's, We don't see it because it's just a rat pulling a string. No, no, this is more exposition. This is oh. Dr. Mills. It's, Go ahead. This is Dr. Mills' info dump. If I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. this is the point where I pull out the sheet of paper and I start just reading the shit like, hey, player, I need you to know all of this. So Dr. Mills is Doc the DM. He's the DM. Of this. He's just dropping the knowledge on, oh, you're going to need to know this because it's going to be important later on. Now, interestingly, the, the usual pseudoscientific trope right, is that humans use 10% of their brain. Uh -huh. They don't do that one. They no. do the more broader. Humans typically use one third of their capacity that was the word he used but flag allows them to use close to a hundred percent however there's a drawback two weeks after being injected with flag the test subjects die what a twist so there's a just a tiny hiccup in this process there's a little there's a wee snag in this <laughs> process they built and i would have liked him okay now we're gonna get into how to fix this movie or as best we can. Okay. If this is a video podcast, you would have seen me the best look. But if you could have seen the look that I gave Casey, I, was I believe like, it was. The fuck are you, you talking about? Where are you going with that one? If he had said, you know, I'm going to try and do Doctor Mills. You know what? Let's do this with you saying the what? Because this. Okay. Will be yeah, I'll, I'll do. I'll do. Uh, I'll you'll, do. Eighty yard steep. Okay. So, okay let, me, let me see if, if I. Oh, okay. are you Bane right now? No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. The shadows. I'm trying to establish the different audio levels. Of <laughs> A uh, flag will be able to unlock almost 100% of your capacity for human endurance. 
but you'll die in two weeks. I'm sorry. What was that, Doctor Mills? Uh, it will unlock your well, almost 100 percent of your human potential, but you'll die in two weeks. So why are they going to die? That why? What would kill these lab rats? Oh, I don't know why it kills them. You oh, go ahead. okay. So Doctor Mills explains that Steve's father was this great patriotic scientist who mm-hmm. developed Flag. He distilled it from his own adrenal glands. However, because it's this kind of cellular-based formula, it causes a cell rejection in the new host, which kills them. Arguably not the worst part of the movie. Like, okay, I get that. Like, you know, if you have a heart transplant, you have to take, like, antisuppressant medications. Right. Like, so you don't that's reject not the it. worst thing in this movie. Oh, oh, we're defending the not the worst. Another movie on our list will use the same thing. Ang Lee's Hulk masterpiece that that so, is. Wait, because it's cellular based, perhaps its inventor's son, who shares a similar genetic history, might be able to survive it. What a twist! Bam! Virtual mic drop. Because <laughs> we, we can't afford we it. We don't have sponsors. We don't have sponsors. If anyone would like to sponsor us, we are available. Please feel free. It's superpodherocast at gmail.com. Ooh, that was nice. Nicely done. Okay. Uh, and then, so Steve. What does Steve do? Does he take flag? Well, be- he's got to talk to one of the assistants. Tell me something. What's he do? And what is her response? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what he does. What? <laughs> no, that's not going to work for me at all. I need to know about Dr. Mills. I feel like he may have gotten his doctorate from a South American the back of a cracker institute jack of higher learning like i don't know that it's accredited i would i would like to explore his credentials so the next note i have doesn't really apply to anything it's just mm-hmm. is i'll even take matt salinger um let's wait till we watch that movie he's much better than red brown red uh, brown are you know what red brown looks like captain america if he does nothing and stands there gets jumping to the end he did are you familiar with a little show called friends i am have you ever heard of joey tribbiani <laughs> Uh, where, are you, where are you going with this, Casey? <laughs> are you familiar with Joey Tribbiani's acting choice of... He's trying to divide 232 by 13. That's Red Brown's acting. Anytime he's thinking about something, he is dividing numbers. 232 by 13. In his head. I've already accepted the fact that we have lost this great, true patriot heart of the 4F skinny Steve who can't serve. We don't have any of that. And so, this, Steve is, this Steve is hippie Steve, right? Oh, he's, hi- he's, like, he's, he's like hippie steroid Steve. Like, but he is jacked. He looks like Captain America. Like I, I feel like we're not giving that the justice due. So why not cast two actors? It's the 70s. No one cares to have a skinny guy playing him in the beginning, and then when he gets injected... But, See, this dude shows up. This is what is going to piss me off repeatedly throughout our podcast. As an aspiring writer, I'm always annoyed by Hollywood taking an established property, an established idea, character, story, and swiping superficial elements, avoiding the meat, and then somehow saying, hey, here's what this is. If we were to draw the connection to say what connects Captain America 79 to Canon's Captain America, recognizing that even Canon changes over the decades, it's, it's right. long. But if we say that okay his name's steve rogers okay yeah, one he's got one. the right name he's an artist that's mm-hmm. part of canon that's right part of canon yeah he likes having sex with men mm, oh is that not canon, that's not canon <laughs> you son of a bitch he has a shield which we'll talk about later elements of his costume we'll talk as a casual fan of captain america what else connects them i mean nah, that'd be nothing nothing nothing, nothing. at all 
So why not make a movie, Super Patriot, and then have him be this guy and his father had this genetic serum? I would be fine with all that. It would still be a shitty movie. But, but if why? this wasn't called Captain America? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. That's my well, argument. Is this like the Roger Corman Fantastic Four? Was this some sort of thing to keep the rights? From what I can see, we know that during the 70s, Stan Lee branches out to Hollywood. Marvel's goal is to harness these characters and stories and IP and convert this to TVs and movies, right? right. So Stan Lee goes out to Hollywood and begins to try to establish a presence. The deal that brings us the 79 and then same year, which we'll get to eventually, Captain America death too soon also in 79 wait those were the same year same year oh no the same deal that brings us those brings us the tv adaptation of the incredible hulk starring um the Bill same Dixie. deal built thank you this which i'm embarrassed that i didn't You're taking away your next card like, do these exist Bruce. in the same universe no, but was it Bruce Bixby? I was like, it's not Bruce Banner. No, because they Bixby. changed him to David Banner. David Banner. Because why? Well, the reason why is because the executives behind the decision thought that Bruce was too alternative of a name. The, I did I, the limp wristed. Yep, yeah, that it no. was a you know somehow this kind of a fuck that yeah. guy. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, what a dickhead! What a dickhead! He probably canceled Firefly. So he ends up going to visit the guy that he says he has to meet at his house. Right. So when he was way back in the beach mm-hmm. talking to the Tony Danza's dick double, which is now the only way we're referring to that sure. guy. He borrows Tony Danza's Dick Double's phone. He calls his friend. It's very cryptic. Looks like a businessman. He's in an office. And it's this cryptic. He's doing the looking around. He goes to visit his buddy. And then there is a scene in every movie or TV show where a character shows up at someone's house. You know something bad's happened. There's usually like a scene where they're like, hello, is anyone home? And then they find either a ransacked room or a dead person. In this movie, it is easily 25 seconds of him just going, Hey, Jeff! Jeff? Hey, Jeff? along again this movie could be a one-hour tv episode if it takes out all these establishing people walking through houses people riding motorcycles people sure. riding in vans drove me nuts yeah and what do we find out dying we, find, jeff. we find dying jeff in the den and what are the three things that jeff says before he dies Catherine. steve please it's his steve please uh steve please kiss me one more time because uh, we are lovers is captain america's driving element to become captain america a lover scorned oh i put that on par with rosebud that was rosebud for me he dies rosebud we've got this death scene and then he calls the police he calls the police but it's please please hurry 
And then he hangs up the phone and looks right at the camera. So it would be fair to point out at this point that my eight-year-old son, <laughs> affectionately known as the goon, oh the goon, is sitting downstairs watching this movie with us on his Nintendo. Goon, when we were watching the Captain America movie, you noticed one of the actors broke the number one rule. It went a dramatic song thingy, and he broke the fourth wall. Dude, it's so creepy. Honestly, I would fire him. Broke the fourth wall. Beautifully done, Goon. From the mouths of babes. Oh, so he looks, and then we but are... we should... Uh, hang on. Let's, <laughs> let's describe this look. Not only does he look at the camera, like, is he confused? <laughs> Has he just shat his pants? <laughs> These are the moments where I wish this was a video podcast, because I feel like you, you will play a clip, but is, you'll hear the Jeff, but you're not going to... So, if, if for the listener at home who wants to sully their eyes with this movie, go to minute <sighs> 21 and 20 seconds, and you will see... No, no, 21? Minute 21 and 20 seconds. 100 percent no that's not wait that's 21 minutes into the movie oh my god this movie is so bad (laughs) don't forget there's a ton of driving around shit that gets us if this didn't have driving around we would be at minute five of this movie all right so then 21 25 really you're not 21 20 i'm 21 20 oh Okay, we are at the Andreas Oil Company headquarters. A black limo pulls up in front of a building that contains research and development, accounting, So many things on there. So many things. Seaforced walks in the room. Did you notice that the guy in the tan suit looks like he didn't hear someone yell action? He's like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to be sitting down. I don't have the timestamp for that, but just keep watching a couple seconds later if you watch Steve break the fourth wall and you will see this guy. It is... Fucking hilarious. So you fixated on that guy. I fixated on the other guy who is craggy-faced, black turtleneck bartender, who's pouring drinks as big bad guy, Mr. Brackett, comes in. Yes. So after the meeting with the two henchmen, the special guest star of the movie, Swat Boy, he goes into a dust-free room. It's a white room. It's a white room. It's basically the TV room from Willy Wonka. Look at me, everybody. I'm the first person in the world to be sent by television. Whoa, yes. Right? Mike, is that it where is. Mike TV has been hanging out? Is it is. that guy it's Mike TV that yells at him? Is now the evil scientist. Wow, what a wild trip that was. Yeah, and he's like, Mr. Brackett, you're supposed to put the dust-free gown on before you come into the room? He's like, I know, Lester. I'm sorry. Subtext, I pay your fucking salary. Blow me. He doesn't even button it up. Isn't the point of a dust-free room to make sure that the very sensitive electronics that are in there don't get ruined? Yes. So this guy doesn't give a shit if this bomb goes exactly. off. Well, well, wait. You just said the magic word. Up until now, we have no idea. We know who the bad guys are. They've run Steve off the road. We know their Dr. Mills is this government scientist, and he's trying to make flag work. We have no idea what the real conflict is until <laughs> all of a sudden at the Andreas Oil Company, neutron bomb. Whoa! So they, they literally... <laughs> They literally dropped a bomb on us. They literally dropped a bomb on us. I was like, who talked about a bomb? Because that is not on <laughs> my radar. Bomb. You can't say bomb. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Bomb, bomb, bomb. It was bombastic. <laughs> so did you notice during this scene, the tech guy's talking to him, and he's pushing buttons on the bomb, and he misses the last one, but you see him no. like press where he thinks it is, and then just gives up. He's like, fuck it. I That's... missed it. I don't want to do this scene again. One take scientist. Is that his name? Yes. So now neutron bomb, and that's it. The word neutron bomb with no context. None. So, okay, we have another piece in the puzzle. And then we smash got to another scene. 
All of a sudden, Dr. Mills is at the murder scene with Steve interrogating him in the den where his buddy, Jeff Hayden. Jeff? Hey, Jeff? Jeff? Hey, Jeff? Jeff? Steve? Jeff? Jeff? So they're at the murder scene. They're at the murder scene. And all of a sudden, Dr. Mills, who is a government scientist, is apparently a criminologist because he's recreating the crime scene. He's in charge, and I quote, he is in charge of several projects for the government. Several. I'm in charge of several projects. I'm the best at what they are. Believe me. <laughs> you almost so spit out your beer. I almost spit out our beer on the soundboard. Oh, that the two been laptops, that would have been terrible. But Not to get political on this podcast, but it sounded like something Trump would say. Well, I'm in charge of a lot of things. You don't need to know. Listen, okay? My projects are tremendous. People Believe are always me. talking about how tremendous my projects are. Believe me. Believe me. Yes. Yeah, so he's interrogating Steve, and an FBI agent comes in deferential to Dr. Mills. So clearly, Dr. Mills has pulled. The FBI agents are reporting to him. Mm-hmm. Whoever Jeff Hayden was, his death is sufficient to marshal FBI resources. So they start quizzing steve picture the room is this the way you saw it the last time is there anything different it was this weird kind of new agey hypnosis like i was like where are you going with this i got no clue where and it was literally him looking around the room it, an establishing with, shot of just red brown just looking around the room it would have been cool if it had been like he looks in one place and we get an establishing shot of the corner of the room to show i'm looking here but it was just maybe a music cue Ooh. So I felt like Reb Brown's direction from the director was like, look around for as long as you want. We don't have a long enough script. We have to fill it with scenes of you just looking. So go right ahead. Look for multiply 643 times 892. Divide 232 by 13. That'll fill some time, too. Go right ahead, Reb. Reb paused the ground like Mr. Ed. No, Wilbur. Steve recognizes that there's two things missing. There's a very sophisticated little camera here. And a desk calendar. And I fucking missed the desk calendar. Did he really? That was the thing. It's not a Rolodex, but that was the thing that, so, because the assassin takes something out. Right. Listen, if you watch this and miss any of these points, it doesn't fucking matter because this movie is so bad. But uh, what we learned there in that scene, though, is that Jeff. 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 His buddy had a daughter. We cut to Steve visiting with Tina, Jeff's daughter. I didn't know the character's name, Tina. The character's name, Tina. Would you like my dramatic interpretation of the dialogue there? Sure. What's happening? Where's daddy? We've got to be strong, honey. My next note is this acting is so bad. That's the point where it's a straight porno because he embraces her. I'm like, oh, they're fucking. Yeah, I just clothes start coming yes. off. Um, I'm gonna say I do remember the scene now. Your acting was way better than the acting. <laughs> so much better. That was Oscar worthy compared uh, to compared theirs. to theirs. Um, and at this point, I also wrote that this movie should have been called Captain America: Time Lengthening Shots because he says the thing about "Take it easy, honey," or whatever. Right. You gotta be strong, honey. And then it is a good two to three seconds of them just standing there. It's like the director is like. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Cut! 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 Stop filming! <laughs> yeah, we oh, got it. No, we don't have an editor for this one. We find out Jeff was working on this project, codenamed Zeus, a neutron bomb. Aha! 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 What do you know from funny, you bastard? Is this where Steve asks him, "What exactly do you do? Like, you need to be straight with me?" Yeah, sure. And he kind of starts talking about it, and then he's like, "Oh, I don't want to know." How do you really figure in all this? Let's say that Barbara and I work for the same boss. 
FBI? No. My classification is a little more complex than that. Don't explain. I just don't want to get involved. Why the fuck did you ask, Steve? Steve's kind of a douche. Yeah. So Steve is alone and it's a phone call. Hello? It's a bad guy. So the bad guy says, I know what happened to your friend. I'll give you the straight scoop. You meet me at, at this point. Darkened at, at, you gas meet me, station. What could go wrong? No, it's fine. But alone, alone. In 20 minutes. So what does Steve do? Oh, he goes. Yeah. He fucking goes. But safety first. He's taking the bike. If you're going to ride a motorcycle, you better wear a helmet. This is our first appearance of the Great Gazoo helmet. Hello, dum-dum. Steve puts on this gargantuan helmet and rides out to the meet. Mm-hmm. He's there at the meet. Who shows up? The bad guys. Who are you guys? What have you got to tell me? You got it all wrong. It's what you can tell us. We're here to listen. Where's Hayden's film strip? I have no idea. He talked to you just before he died, didn't he? How do you know that? Do I have to explain that? And chaos ensues, right? What do we end up in? Another chase. Another chase. This is our fourth either establishing driving or chase in this movie. And these are not like bullet french connection level chases it's a mild sunday drive first of all how dare you so this is nighttime this movie this is nighttime on cliffside roads Mm -hmm. these are not roads maximum 30 miles an hour (laughs) (laughs) so the bad guys have conspired they run steve off the road and we see actual motorcycle followed by dummy Steve thrown off the edge of the road like, into a crevasse. I, I, this movie is not available in HD, but I bet you if it was, we could see the person pushing the you, bike off the thing. And then hands on dummy, <clears throat> dummy flying. Yeah. And so this raises a question. When the dirt bike goes down the hill, it explodes in a giant fireball. But when his van rolls <laughs> six or seven times down a hill, eh, crack windshield at most. For some reason, Steve is now being operated on. Is he the six million dollar so, man? So this is the first in what becomes an increasingly present number of six million dollar man references. I went out to do a little digging. Six million dollar man runs on TV from seventy four to seventy eight. No, stop it. Yes. Are you going? Oh man. So they this just... is a this is a TV writer. It's a TV director. It's a TV movie. Are they saying, hey, remember that really popular show that ended last year? Let's draw on some of that intellectual property. We'll, we'll make it familiar. Because so, Hollywood's never done that. So we see what looks very much like the $6 million man. We can rebuild him. We see the operating room. And then, uh, what's her name? Lisa? Don. No, no, the, the daughter. Tina. No, T- that's not the. No, no, that's not Tina. Oh, it's that's the. the it's that, the. I don't know what my boss does. Right, girl. Her, it's Doctor Day. Oh, of course it is. It's, so Doctor Day comes in and says, "Is it that bad?" And Doctor Mills's response is, "Wendy, he lost too much blood." He's. Were there not well, blood oh, packets I'm, in the seventies? I'm sorry. Hang on. You've glossed over the, oh, but, arguably the best line of the movie. Okay. Medically, he's dead now. He's lost too much blood. There's only one option. Flag. So Dr. Mills says this is his only option. He's dead anyways. You go get the serum. I'll inject it. I'll take responsibility. Then they start the process of giving him flag. The process is arguably the speediest element of this film. From the moment he pushes it, all of a sudden we have a little bit of dramatic tension and Steve's inert arm jumps up and grabs Dr. Mills. And 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 then what does Dr. Mills do? He's able to pull it down and off. So a non-flag injected person can just hold down Captain America's hand? 
can we talk what the about the happening? kinds of drills that they must run in this operating room? Because Dr. Mills immediately says, quick, get a blood sample. Time elapsed until we see Dr. Day fiddling, yeah, fiddling like with a microscope. Conservatively 10 seconds. If even oh, that. If, if, even, if that. even that. All of a sudden, we are shocked to find there's no cell rejection. It's and worked. he puts on the Captain America suit. Roll credits. Oh, if only. So Steve wakes up. He's in the hospital bed. Now, medically, he was dead, but now he's alive. But he's awake in the hospital bed, and he has some questions for Dr. Mills. How is he still there? What does Dr. Mills say? Oh, it's flag. Oh, it's oh, flag. Right. But he had no choice. You were he dead no anyways. Choice. And so he's going through all this stuff, and uh, then Steve says, Is that the best you can give me? And I felt like that was the best line reading that he had because the director told it to him all the fucking time. Reb, is that the best you can give me? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Mills tells Steve that, hey, I had to inject you with flag. It was your only option. And Steve, who was medically dead <laughs> just hours ago, frankly, I would not have been that happy with his attitude. I feel like a thank you would have been appropriate. Sure. So Steve's not happy with the idea that, well, what about the two-week death sentence and the rats died? Fair question. However, sure. you're alive now. And again, if you missed it, medically, you were dead a short time ago. So I feel like a little common courtesy. They're playing fast and loose in this movie with medical stuff because when the nurse, well, when the nurse is like kind of getting Steve ready, he Mm -hmm. says, "How am I?" And she says, "About as fully recovered as any patient in the history of medicine." That's rather pretentious, nurse extra. A little bit. Her saying, "You're the fastest recovery I've ever seen," would have worked a lot better than in the history of medicine. Steve's getting dressed. He pulls on this. Fabulous powder blue turtleneck. I want to point out. <laughs> Do you remember the show Smallville? Oh, yeah, yeah yes. Teenage yes. Superman. Yes, yes. He always wore red, blue, or yellow. Got, sure. And they're doing the same fucking thing in this. Oh, God, absolutely. Is this the blue like, turtleneck with the white? It's it's not far off. And, of course, it's not cap blue. It's a, it's, it's like it's a powder blue. But is he also wearing the white V-neck vest? Like a, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so weird. I want to say that maybe that was just a sign of the times style-wise. That's but, a piece of it, but it's still... He looks stupid. So then we are at a meatpacking district well, place now because so now all bad guys hang So now we went to Rocky. Paulie, I gotta help Captain America. That was a good Rocky. Thank you. And <laughs> we've got the henchmen with the, with the guns, and Steve, is his hands are tied, and they're going to get to the bottom. They're going to find this film. They need this film for the neutron there, bomb. Yeah. Where's the film? And all of a sudden, Six Million Dollar Man sound effect. It At is. this point, it's pure Six Million Dollar Man. He, so I'm doing air quotes. He snaps the ropes on his wrist, which looked like basically, if, if you imagine putting your wrist together and having somebody just kind of like oh, loop, loop loop ropes like around. Two or and three times, yeah. pull your hands apart, and you're like, I broke the ropes. That's kind of what it looked That's like. That's what they did, yeah. And this is his first show of strength in this movie. Right. Is breaking ropes. Oh, it's and it's such a bad shot. I don't think I could do, but someone of his size with an adrenaline rush going on could probably have done that. Well, considering it looked like the ropes were just draped over his wrist. It's literally like one pass with clothesline. Uh, who you know what? Again, yeah, who okay. fucking cares? who cares? There's a little bit of a skirmish here. He runs to the edge. He's hanging. 
by one hand from a hook, and he's hanging with such strength that while they're looking underneath the rows of hanging meat, mm-hmm. they can't see him because he's hanging with one arm. And he, he looks at his arm and like smiles at like, look at how strong I and am. And he did it in the hospital too. Do you think that Steve could feel the strength and the power that he had in his hands now? And he was like, imagine what it's going to be like I, when I jerk off. Uh, <laughs> but he does, says- does Cap- Is he Captain says, America's dick the peak of human perfection? You know what? Let's tweet Kevin Smith. So there's this fight. We he's we, he's exhibiting these powers. He goes to so basically he he beats he defeats his enemies by pushing the hanging racks of beef. But they use a fast motion video effect. Mm-hmm. So what is a very slow series of these halves of a cow pushing into each other and down into a bad guy gets sped up and it looks like it's sped up and they collapse and the next shot is these bad guys are literally hanging from the hooks. They're not dead. It's not, not like dead. It, well, well no, no, been, the one guy's been, moving at the beginning it of the shot. It would have been more interesting like, oh, if they were. Okay. We are now at the beach. Oh, the beach. <laughs> the, with yes. a shot of them walking up from the water to their blankets that, again, 20 seconds? Am I being generous or am You're, I being... No, that's fair. But is that the moment in the movie where you are first like, oh, he's Captain America? Oh, yeah. He I mean, was like, ripped. So in the van, he looks like he's a blonde. 70s but ripped. in that moment, he's got the bathing suit on. This, move, this sounds so gay. Not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> nope. that, but it just, it just so does. But to be fair, he's walking out of the beach with Dr. Day. Like, oh, mm. does Dr. Mills know about this? But he's walking out of the surf, silhouetted, and the guy is huge. So they're silhouetted until they get to their mark. And then... And again, for people who don't know, the mark is what you have to be at so the camera can pick you up. So again, that leads to, was there no editor on this? Did the director yell action and they started to walk up? And he's like, oh, wait, I didn't mean to... Oh, well, it's just, just going to be with it. Just go. Because well, once they sit down, they are beautifully lit all of a sudden. And there's a moment there. Oh, yeah. Captain America kisses Dr. Mills. Dr. Dr. Day... <laughs> Yo, he kissed his First Dr. of all, Day. how dare you? Dr. Day. First of all. Is this Captain America not a virgin? Oh, he's clearly not a virgin. Is this whole movie ADR'd? Reb Brown is. I understand in beach scenes, you have to ADR. Sure. And sure. for those who don't know, ADR stands for Automatic Dialogue Replacement. Oh, I never uh, know what that was. If there's a scene where you're on the beach and there's the waves or you're in a city scene, they know they're going to go back and record it because there's too much ambient sound being picked up by the boom mic that's there. You're just going to match your, what is called, your lip flaps. Nice. Yeah. A little bit of, yeah. This scene, the way that Red Brown and Dr. Mill speak, it sounds like the scene where they're in the laboratory, where they're at Jeff's house. It all sounds the same. So I'm wondering, did they just have to ADR this entire movie? Well, uh, Reb Brown is ADR'd throughout the entire movie. Every time he speaks, it sounds like he is alone in a booth recording his line. So you used it, flag? That's it. Absolutely. Every time he speaks. So yeah, I think that scene is unusual in that like, oh, look, they ADR'd the other people as well. It sounds exactly the same as the rest of the movie. So they go to the beach, and this is where we learn more about Steve's father. So he was a true patriot, not in the corny flag-waving sense. Flag the serum? Flag? No. Flag. He's a true patriot, not in the flag-waving sense, in the belief in the true American ideal sense. And what is everyone's nickname for him? Captain America. 
So basically, my next note is we're in the first movie, but we're already using a sequel naming convention. So are we really is watching it, it, Son of Captain, Captain America? America? Well, 100%. But we, again, we who the fuck cares? Right. This movie. How does he show Dr. Mills how strong he is now? How he has to contain it? <laughs> Snapping a pencil. I understand. Snapping. I believe if he'd like picked up a boulder off the beach, that like, would have been impressive. Right on. He never shows any kind of feat of strength that I go. <laughs> that yeah. either one of us could not have done. With having his physique, you know. Right. And that brings me back to Steve's real excited to jerk off with his superpowers because when he's talking to Dr. Mills, he says, It's different now. While looking at his hand, like, I can't wait to get this thing around my dick. I bet it's going to feel huge. <laughs> Maximum effort. Oh, wrong movie. At this point, Dr. Mills shifts and he becomes basically Steve's cue. Oh, so yeah. He's that's like, good, Hey, I had some equipment point. made for you. So they fixed up the van, man. Right on. It's different now. They made some additions, and they tuck away into the van a new motorcycle. Not Steve's shitty Yamaha dirt bike that we'd seen, but this non-branded, very patriotic. They reveal. The grand reveal. Of the, the, of the weird bike that looks like people are just pulling levers to have things fold out of place. And what's Steve Rogers' response to all this? Hey, this thing scramble eggs on Sunday, too? Oh. <laughs> I have never it's... heard that expression. So this pains me to say, but I looked this up as we are talking. So the whole van with the mo- motorcycle in the van no it appears from everything i can see i think the first appearance was in the tv movies and then later they brought that into the comic nothing would make me happier in a future episode for someone to point out that the motorcycle van combo predates the 79 tv movie please prove me wrong but everything i'm seeing suggests that oh no suggests that someone watched this movie and said oh this is a great idea we'll change the comics with this is this where he gives him the picture or is it on the beach because i have a problem Mm. with that scene if I say, hey, Todd, I, I got you this shirt. What is your response going to be? Thank you. Or something along uh, that. That's sure. fine. His response is, can I keep it? Excuse <laughs> me? Steve Rogers just handed you a drawing and said, here, I made this for you. And he goes, can I keep it? Nope. I made this for you, but I'm going to keep it because I'm a douchebag. <laughs> The cap cycle, which has a rocket assist out of the van. And a silent mode. Silent mode and a jet assist for high speed. Who the fuck cares? So this is great. Uh. And, whoa, hang on. Oh, did we skip something good? No, no, no. I mean, so the motorcycle is great, but, you know, what's Captain America's iconic uh, weapon? Oh, Oh, the shield. Oh, the shield. As someone who constructed more Captain America shields out of cardboard than I could possibly count, (laughs) my cardboard shields were arguably better protection than the plastic shield that Mills gives Steve. He goes to give him the shield, and he's like, look at it. It's bulletproof. And when he's moving it, it's just wobbling all over the place. It's the worst. So he's talking about how great the shield is. It throws the shield, and it is 10 seconds of it being thrown flying through the air and then it just comes back to Steve. So I've seen guys throw frisbees where it's like that. You see the entire body tense. They fling the frisbee and that frisbee looks like it is flying with purpose. Absolutely. That is not the way the shield looked like when he threw it. It was like the throw to your four-year-old kid. Like, hey, buddy. And it's really soft and gentle. It's going to land on them. So we have this easy meandering flight out. And then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a turn back in Steve's arms. And he's like gingerly catching it. He's like, oh, I don't want to break this. Yeah, because it's wobble, 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 wobble. So then there's this 
stupid helicopter motorcycle chase. It's the first in clearly the Several. motorcycle is self-aware. Oh, yeah, because he jumps <laughs> off. But one third of the budget of this movie was spent on helicopters. Oh, God, yes. And cocaine. <laughs> Steve goes out to knock the dust off the motorcycle to see what it can do to really open it up. Good and all Lord. of a sudden, so he's riding over these kind of marshy areas. Yes. He enters a motocross space <laughs> because there's a ramp. And he jumps, uh, as you do. Oh, he jumps when the uh, he well, jumps when the well, that's helicopter twice, chasing him. Twice. First, he comes on, and all of a sudden, a ramp appears. I'm gonna oh. be honest with you. I don't oh. remember that happening. <laughs> oh no! First, we see the ramp. He's like, "I'm out in the swamps, but here's a ramp. I will jump it." And he does. And then he comes around a corner, and all of a sudden, literally out of nowhere, this helicopter rises up, and it's chasing Steve. It's air. And there's a guy with like a 22 rifle taking the worst pot shot to see. So not only is the sound effect so bad, there's moments where as the helicopter's flying, the guy who's hanging out the right side door of the helicopter doesn't even have a line of sight to Steve because the helicopter shifted and the helicopter body is literally blocking Steve. But you still hear the shots going like, who the fuck is he shooting at? It's the most reckless firearm user ever. So we're in this chase. Yeah. So now we see the van, the motorcycle, he takes out for the ride, does the jump, the helicopter shows up, he's a chase, gun. And at the beginning of that scene, when they pull up... Now, Todd, when you were in the military, <laughs> you were an MP. In the Air Force, it's SP. When oh, I was excuse in, it was me. But it's, SP it's still, is it still this right. kind MP, of the same military thing? police, yep. Do you yeah. get to just lean on the gate that you're watching, or do you have to be at some sort of, not attention, but at ease? You would not have to be at ease. However, leaning on the gate is would a be big poor no-no. form. Yes. And he's just leaning on it. Again, I think this is another scene where the director yelled action, <laughs> didn't realize he didn't have an editor, and it just ended up in the fucking Does this film. director have literally no control over the entire film? It's just happening? The film is happening Because there's one guy who's just leaning like, what the fuck ever? Oh, here comes the scene. All right. We we see the ramp for the second time after the helicopter's chasing him. So he apparently has made a big loop because all of a sudden he's back to the ramp that he jumped once without a helicopter. Right. Now he goes up the ramp, the helicopter, they're kind of even. Steve leaps off his motorcycle Mm -hmm. onto the left side skid of the helicopter. The gunman's hanging out the right-hand side. And, of course, it's, where'd he go? Where did who go? The motorcycle at this point, as far as we know, has returned to the wild. It's going back to find its people. It's just gone. So Steve jumps into the helicopter, throws the gunman into a little pond, grabs the gun, forces the pilot of the helicopter to bring it down. Mm -hmm. The MPs arrest him. Clearly, he's comfortable in his new skin, right? Clearly. Well, no, 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 he's no. not. He's not. So once again, he's marveling. So not only is it strength and agility, it's hearing and sight, it's vision. It's much more all game. of his senses. It's almost like he's a six million dollar man. <laughs> But he's still not happy. He's still concerned with the ramifications of his power. Fuck this movie. It's so hard. No. So this is the point where I'm like, I feel like they're stealing from $6 million. So they're 100% Absolutely. stealing. Fuck you, ad guy. That's right. We go back to Brackett. Brackett is the big bad guy from Andreas Oil Company. He is talking to the Tina. The special guest star of the special movie. Special guest star, Steve Forrest. He's talking to Tina, Hayden's daughter. And in the most unsubtle villain scheme ever, we know he's looking for the film, and he's like... I I can't believe he would hide that film so you couldn't find it if anything happened to him and clear his name one day. So Brackett asks Tina. Tina, think back. Was there something between the two of you, something special that nobody else could know? So my spider sense is already tingling. Tina's response does not make it any better. I was probably only 11 or 12. We used to play a game. We'd hide little notes from each other. If we couldn't find them, we had to do whatever the other one had written down on the note. 
so uncomfortable. I, I felt got uncomfortable. I'm like, this is on TV. How this this happen? is <laughs> not good. But we'll flash forward. He's a fisherman. They fish. Wait, that's what he was doing the night he died. He was playing with his. He was cleaning his rod in the den. Racket goes up there with Tina. He's unscrewing the rods. I beg your pardon. Finds the film. This is it. He's doing what with his rod? He's unscrewing the rods. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. yeah. Brings Tina downstairs. But wait, Doctor Day has shown up there. Now here's a complication. Bracket reveals his villainous nature, pulls uh-huh. a gun out, and takes Doctor Day and Tina hostage. Bam. Bam. He kills them. No, he Roll kill. credits. He doesn't. Come. We're not done. We're not done. Fuck. Now, Doctor Mills gets a phone call. It's Bracket. He has. It's not even a handkerchief. I don't even know. It was like a piece of cardboard or a it, piece of. Paper. It was like. It was. Like, what? What? He had something the over f- the phone, like. To disguise his voice. But it didn't disguise his voice. It was almost. You know what? I bet it was to do. And I'm actually. I cannot believe I'm trying to put logic in this yes. turd of a movie. I think it was to block out the sound around him because he was back at Andreas Oil Company, so he's trying to block out all the PA oh, stuff. that's good. Because remember, Captain America uses his super hearing. Right. But of course, Brackett doesn't know that, but that's a right. nice... I think he's trying right, to cover yeah, it up. Yeah. Okay. Cover right. up ambient sound. That could be the smartest thing in the movie. Brackett makes some demands. He's got the women. They know things that would not be convenient to be released. Blah, 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 blah. Now, while this is happening, we're again hearing the six million dollar man sound and steve uses his super hearing to hear the sounds of trucks moving in the background and somebody saying tinker four go sure yeah who the fuck cares call ends call ends and that's where steve tells him hey i just heard all the stuff oh no wait he waits until they are at their <laughs> wits end trying to figure out where they could be and then he's like oh i heard on the thing this Steve Rogers is a douchebag. He's a douche. He should have mentioned it right when they got off the phone. Be like, hey, dude, I heard it. Guess what? Hey, Dr. Mills, great news. I have super hearing. Steve makes the analytical jump. Again, more plausible than Batman 66. We're connecting Andreas Oil to Brackett. Brackett owns Andreas Oil. Brackett is one of Hayden's longtime friends, made right. a big donation. So they make the connection here. At this point, we get a glimpse of what Captain America is going to look like in action. Oh, God. Dr. Mills goes to a filing cabinet, pulls out a white garment box, and opens it for Steve. Casey, what do we see? We see a star, and we see stripes. So, and do we? what colors are in play? Red, white, and blue. Oh, is it, the, is it the nice, powerful royal blue that we typically associate with Captain America? That is a big negatory on that. Is it the turtleneck from the hospital? Uh, is it? It's basically the turtleneck. Oh, God, from it the could hospital. have been. <laughs> My question is, who is the government tailor who had to make Captain America's costume? And how did they make it so fast? He gave him the sketch at the beach. That's the thing that he gives him. He gives him the sketch like, oh, this is very nice. Can I keep it? Yeah, this is, you know, inspiration for my dad's Captain America. It is the next day at the most, or maybe even the same day. How did that thing get put together so quickly? So I cannot answer that. You know who they needed? They needed one person to translate that vision. Edna? They needed Edna. They didn't have Edna, which is why we got that. No capes. Yes, capes. So, (laughs) so... We we see this. It's a, it's a little glimpse. He doesn't put it on, but we so we've established that there's a costume. Now I would like to point out, my brother Matta is a purist. He wants every superhero movie to tell the story and appear exactly as they do in the comics. So he wants spandex and all the colors. Matta, I love you. Oh, he gets Yours, it in this. This is what happens if you use spandex in the movies, and this is why we don't use spandex in the movies. Oh, and what's the next thing that we get? Another driving scene. Another drive. Well, 
<laughs> Listen, I just do we do we need another one? Sure. Finally, see him as Captain America. We are at our. It's one hour fourteen minutes in a hour and a half movie. <laughs> hour and a half movie. The moment at which we Fuck see you, Captain movie. America, one might think that with that kind of a build up. When we see it, holy cow, it's going to be on par with Darth Vader. The moment in Rogue One where all of a sudden the red lightsaber illuminates and those rebels see who they're fighting and shit themselves. The best scene in that movie. Absolutely. So iconic because you know shit's about to go down. So is it that level in this movie? Um, Here's the thing. (laughs) It's not. Is this the thing? (laughs) By a huge margin. This... That moment does not come remotely close. So basically, we're seeing his powder blue turtleneck with a white sweater vest. Red and white stripes. And, gr- and the great gazoo's helmet. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, fuck this movie. Oh, okay, so. Right in the ass. <laughs> We've entered the point where there's a $6 million man sound effect like every 30 seconds. We see him going to Andreas Oil Company, and he's like playing hide and seek with. The security guards. And this is where we get the $6 million man jump. Uh, he jumps up onto a higher ledge, and you hear... So I guess, like, the established super strength. But, oh, oh okay, he can do superhuman. And it's not like a CrossFit kind of jump up onto, it, like, plyometrics training. It's literally like a second story. Straight up, yeah. And then he, uh, chase ensues. He's, he finds this... Who, wait, who's he chasing? One of the security guards? Oh, no. The one white-coated scientist who happens to be strolling with the security guards... Mike TV. Mike TV. Mike TV. But the security guards are chasing him. So he's chasing Mike TV. The security guards chasing him. Right. Captain America finds this pipe he rips off the top of it that clearly looks like it was put on with duct tape if even that it's kind of it's kind of got that painted styrofoam look to it a little bit so terrible and then he moves he bends it and then he sprays out oil inside you can see the hose even in standard (laughs) definition this is not like a oops high def we found the stunt double in standard definition you just see the hose spray out and all three of the security guards fall and apparently captain america is a fan of slapstick comedy because he laughs he's like i got the second oil trick of the movie oh god damn it this i just continue okay we find out so he, he cap grabs the mike tv scientist guy where's bracket he's gone show me where his office is mike tv brings him into bracket's office does the secret combination to open his safe one two three four five that's amazing i've got the same combination on my luggage he grabs the file we know that this is the right one because it says confidential hayden at the top <laughs> We learn what the hubbub is about the neutron bomb. In a reverse of the Goldfinger plot, they're going to detonate this neutron bomb near this massive gold supply. And the neutron bomb is going to kill all the people, but it will leave the gold unharmed. That's right. Then Bracket will go in and swoop up the gold. So in Goldfinger, it's reverse, right? Like The gold's going to be irradiated. Mm-hmm. No one will be able to touch it, so the gold that Goldfinger has will become astronomically valuable. This is the reverse. Wouldn't a neutron bomb make the gold worthless? Casey, I don't think you should dig too deep in this ground. What's the half-life Casey, of a neutron? <laughs> I don't think you should dig too deep in this ground. 
I Casey, will- <laughs> I. Oh, I'm sorry. Was there another? I assumed. I was assumed that was another question no. that you shouldn't ask. I will say that that was a pretty exciting moment in the movie where he's interrogating Mike TV and yes. the whole bomb thing. And then does it just continue with him chasing down to get the bomb and all that? Nope. There's another lab scene where they're standing around Law and Order style, just being like, "So what could we po- killed the momentum of this movie that is over in ten minutes?" Is Cap the world's greatest detective in this? movie nope in this movie nope in this movie no okay all right well he I mean, doesn't he's figure it, it out he doesn't oh is it mills, mills? figures it oh, out mills. So, so flag doesn't provide super intelligence <laughs> or doesn't do yeah. or good chase choices when it comes to scripts it's a little meta how do they figure out that it's on a tractor trailer so this is the point where steve references that he heard the references to the truck when the hostage call was coming so they make the, the God, reference so it's you're too late so mike tv says it's too late to stop him they pulled out four hours ago so pulled out he says oh pulled out oh he fucked her without a condom <laughs> oh no no, no. i mean because <laughs> this they is went a porno. Out, they went out on a truck how big is neutron bomb dr mills immediately two thousand pounds you need a truck for that so truck trucks pull out that what steve heard so they make the connection that they're looking for an andreas oil company truck where would you go now to find this would this be a search of the computers no we're going back to a highway shot oh again with With a helicopter apparently dr mills in addition to running several government programs knows how to fly is he Neo? Is this one of the Matrixes? They didn't have broadband back then, so downloading it would have taken much longer, oh but we may have had some time there. Or is all it of a sudden Matrix that puts it in the 70s so that they don't have a way oh. to get out? Oh, that's good. No cell phones then. That's, we that's cracked good. the code of why this movie is bad. <laughs> oh, Guys, we it? did it. That's we did it. it. Oh, thank God. Thanks for coming. This has been the Super... No. <laughs> oh, we're not done. So they're flying in the helicopter, and Dr. Mills is flying. Steve is riding and a shotgun. the actor who plays Dr. Mills, we looked pretty hard. I think he was actually flying. His hand was on his stick. <laughs> oh. hey oh. So Steve is riding shotgun, and I say very deliberately, Steve is riding shotgun, not Cap, because we've already seen the costume once. Why would we want to show the Captain America costume in a TV movie titled Captain, Captain America? America. When does he change? Because he he is in it when he's riding a little later. Rather than confront the truck on the highway, they go land in the desert. They go hover in the desert. That's right. And we see Steve step into the back of the helicopter. And then all of a sudden, we get the exact same sound. And the motorcycle is launched, out, presumably out of the helicopter. But we last saw it launched... Well, we last saw the motorcycle running into the wild and Steve abandons it. <laughs> I'm glad it came back. But the van apparently launches this. So is the van and the helicopter. They, uh, do they have an ex- auxiliary launch system in the helicopter? And they just loaded the motorcycle up there? Who in knows? any event, Who knows? the costume's Who back. The motorcycle's back. And he's rolling. We've got another chip-style highway scene. Hurry the fuck up with this, Chase. We kill the momentum by having that lab scene. And then we take too long with this chase. It should have just been, oh, there's a bomb. He starts driving, <laughs> and they could have had radios and be like, maybe it's this way. Oh, it's this way. It's this way. Go this way. Vroom, boom, end of movie. Nope, they just got to fuck with us some more because this movie hates everyone. Steve catches up with the truck. Now, mm-hmm. at this point, I thought that he was going to engage silent mode on the motorcycle, at which point the noodle, my 10-year-old son, immediately asked the question, can't they just keep it on silent? All Can the time? it just always be silent? 
I'm like, yes, y- yes, my son, you yes, are Noodle. correct. You are that right. Is, that is the correct question to ask here. He does not need to engage silent mode. So actually, silent mode does literally nothing in the movie. At no point does he engage silent mode other than to say, I have silent mode. It does nothing. It's not a plot point. He, it's not oh, a, and he activates it during that first test run, and we just hear. It's a test run, though. It does, it does nothing. Apparently, it's a hybrid because it's the same noise that a Prius makes. That's right. That's right. But it has no use, apparently, in, nope. uh, in the movie. Absolutely so, none. So he rides up on the right-hand side of this tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. He dismounts the motorcycle, climbs onto the tractor trailer, and the motorcycle, again, departs to join its people in the wild. But at this point, Dr. Mills tells us he was watching, and his people are collecting the motorcycle felt like an odd piece of internal housekeeping in this shit show of a movie and for all the time they spent with all these establishing travel shots why not have a very funny moment of the people having to get the bike or even go mel brooks style have it be like they're wrangling a wild horse the bike's bucking up by the way there's 10 minutes left in this movie and the bomb is still active you said bomb i do have an odd note at this point that the costume appears to give steve a permanent wedgie and a a very pronounced package. Oh, I. How oh, could you not? Oh, I was sir. clearly looking at his ass. You were clearly looking. You're an at, ass man. Uh, I'm, yeah, that's right. A yeah. Dick man. Oh, <laughs> oh, Tony no. Danza's dick double. Okay. Oh, no. So Cap is on the truck. He gets to the the section between the trailer and the Damn. truck itself. Bends the exhaust pipe back where Brackett is riding in the body of the truck because he's wearing a dead man switch. It will detonate the bomb if anything happens to him. Steve pushes the exhaust pipe in. We have what I would suggest is the worst special effect in the movie where they are trying to make us think that the interior of the trailer is filled with smoke. Oh. <laughs> and clearly somebody took a gray marker and just like squiggled over the lens. The camera Oh, they lens. don't have the budget for that. It is just like a piece of muslin that has it's been thrown over, over that. The, over uh, the lens. Because when it, Steve Forrest gets up to check that the exhaust is coming in through that vent, when it moves, instead of like the smoke moving around, it just is a fixated, it's a like fixer. it's something hung over the, the lens. It's so bad. There are no fluid mechanics movement in this. The, in oh, the, there are in fluids this in this movie. Oh. Oh. oh, wait. Oh, right. It's a different movie. So he bracket radios up to the cab. I'm in trouble. You got to pull over. So they're trying to pull over. They pull over. Bracket passes out because of the exhaust. Cap's straight up murdering him. 100%. They pull over. The Uh two henchmen who are driving come around to the side as they go to open the the door to the trailer. Cap flings the door open, knocking them around their asses, (laughs) swings into the the trailer, and now identify the bomb based on a a light similar to what your clock would have. No, the the hum. Similar similar to what what an alarm clock would have. Alarm clock would have. So that's scientific. Sure, that's how you figure out bombs. Steve rips open Brackett's shirt, sees this heart monitor thing that's mm-hmm. moving and recognize that perhaps my attempted carbon monoxide poisoning was a bad choice he describes what's going on with him he's like his lips are blue he's gasping for air and it kind of rattles in his throat when he does breathe the guy looks fine was there no makeup budget for this movie was there no blue lipstick they could have just thrown on him ADR is not cheap, and by this point, I feel like they'd established that they were going to be re-recording everything Red Brown said. So well, I then think- don't have him say his lips are blue. <laughs> his lips are blue. So Fuck Mills lands, and 
the unsung hero of the movie is apparently Dr. Mills, who goes running up with a doctor's bag, that kind of iconic black leather satchel, uh-huh. goes running up, hands Steve a bong. mask. Right? A, a bong. A bong. It looks like a bong. Yep. Uh, so Steve's giving him air, and he injects him with something. I thought that was a flag. Flag. I was like, oh, are you going to revive him long enough is to disarm the bomb, and then in two weeks he'll die? I was like, oh, that was dark. Oh, no. No, they don't do any of that. No. Okay, we're calling in the MPs and a bomb squad. And it's the lamest victory ever. Because Literally, that's do, a victory. They that's don't. It. They don't dismantle the bomb. They don't dismantle. They labor for someone. Steve else. does nothing there. Arguably, Captain America just showed up and tried to kill someone. Right, right. As the he end. does. Yeah. You know. Then there's a little bit of cleanup. Hayden's wife was apparently kidnapped, and that's why Hayden was had smuggled out these the pictures with the on the film again. Didn't. But again, didn't catch any shit? of that shit. Who gives a shit? <laughs> who cares? So about let's this? let's talk about. Oh wait. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Before royalty credits, Captain America shows up again wearing what? <gasps> the traditional Captain America costume. Now, and again, apologies it, to your brother. He looks like shit. It's still, spandex does it's not work. It's terrible. Spandex does not work. All right. Roll credits. Red, end of movie. Credits. Thank God. Hallelujah. So, Casey, we've sat through this monstrosity. How do we feel? So... Let's go over what we liked about this movie. Who was your MVP? My MVP is the motorcycle. Because <laughs> as much as I wanted to leave this movie, I feel like this movie made, the motorcycle made two strong attempts. It was, fuck it, I'm out. And every time they <laughs> kept pulling it back. It's like, no, so wait. MVP to the motorcycle. To I the like cap it. cycle. I, you know what I wrote down? Quotes Mills, because I never learned the actor's name. He's my MVP because he was so suave and cool and he knew how to fly a fucking helicopter run a crime scene investigation revive a dying guy he was he was the mvp he was the most valuable player not was that nick fury oh he kind of had that like he was he he could do everything if that movie had been made today (laughs) yes at the end he would have during like the bomb thing it would have blown up part of his face (gasps) oh that would have been good that would have become two faced wait better oh i'm sorry wrong universe wrong universe that's bad favorite character Oh, favorite character. I'll give you mine. My favorite character is the black turtleneck guy that's making the drinks. The, he was cra- great. Craig uh, Fa- Craigface henchman? <laughs> because he also was the most intimidating of the henchmen during the abandoned gas station. He, like, generally had some, right. like, kind of terrifying vibes right, right. for this movie. Oh, I... Do you want it just to be the motorcycle? It's still the motorcycle. <laughs> okay, that's great. Best scene in the movie the, was the, the motorcycle. No, actually, the van skid and the first oil slick Ooh, stunt. That's, that's a great. That's a so for me. Every time I felt like I was watching an episode of Chips, I was happy because those are good <laughs> memories for me. Until right. I remembered that I was watching this shitty movie. Oh, so this. that van and the the, the stunts Fuck. with the van. Yeah. Fuck this 100%. movie. Percent. It's so hard. My favorite. It was right at the end. When he's on top of the tractor trailer and he flips in to knock over the guys, that was great. I was like, "Holy shit!" There's some action in this movie. But if you watch that, he swings in so hard, like I feel like he couldn't recover, and I feel like he actually fell after that. I think he just cut it really well. But who cares? It looked it looked great for what happened right then. Okay, okay. (laughs) After having the most fun, you want to just go with the motorcycle? The motorcycle is having a blast. You know what mine is? Mills. That dude's like, I cannot wait to cash this paycheck and never think about this movie ever again. I feel like the moment, the second time the motorcycle makes the break for freedom, when he's up alongside the tractor trailer at the end. Yeah. Right? In my mind, 
when Steve jumps onto the tractor trailer and the motorcycle just veers, it just gently veers off to the right. All I could hear was, Bone free, free as the wind. Like that's, I'm like, oh yeah, that's. First of all, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Should I change us from being a TV and movie podcast to a musical podcast? No. No, you should. Wait, there is a musical buried in the magic bag. Oh, there is. There is. Okay. All right. For another time. (laughs) One scene you would cut. One scene I would cut. I would so it was that scene that started when the the music queued up and we were we were watching this van driving on the highway <laughs> and it would end where they were reunited with Hayden's widow. That scene, so everything in between that. Oh, ever so you're conservatively cutting an hour and a half out of this movie. This, How long was the movie? An hour and a half. Yeah, that's about. All right. right. Yeah. You know what scene I would cut? What? Jeff. 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 Oh, come on. Jeff. That's. Jeff. I feel like that's the most convincing Red Brown is in the whole movie. He had no clue where Jeff was. <laughs> was that, that why was it took so long? They were just like, look, Reb, just look for the just, actor. You'll find him eventually, buddy. He has a big house. Oh, I think the actor's actual name was Jeff. <laughs> I think that's the only way that worked. Was it, he'd been having... Or he, did they just introduce him as Jeff to Reb Brown because he's such an idiot? No, no. Reb had been... Ha- so, in my mind, they'd been grabbing lunch every day at the catering truck <laughs> oh, with his buddy Jeff. And today, all of a sudden, Jeff wasn't there for lunch. And Reb was looking like, oh, no. I'm, it's burrito day. <laughs> Where's Jeff? Can Jeff? I have those burritos? Jeff. That's what I'm visioning. Okay. And lastly, once again, Rotten Tomato score I, for this movie is 10%. Failing grade. Here's the thing. Anyway. 1979. I'm eight years old. Already a fan of Captain America. Uh-huh. He's my guy. This is a time before VCRs, a time before DVRs, a time before cable reruns. When the Captain America TV movie is coming out, holy shit, I'm bartering with my parents. How do I, at eight years old, get to stay up late enough to watch the Captain America movie? Somehow, couldn't tell you, I cut this deal. And I sit down, and my all-time favorite hero is there on the screen in front of me. And that's what I get. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Fuck this movie. 10% is generous. Okay. This movie gets a zero. Yeah, an, an zero. F. An F. Okay. I'm going to go. I wrote down F minus, but I'm going <laughs> to change it to let's say this movie is a student in a class and it's taken a test and the test is the teacher watched this movie. <laughs> it's going to get a piece of paper that says, See me after class. That's how terrible this movie is. It doesn't even get a grade. It just gets see me after class. Hey, Captain America 1979, you're going to have to go to summer school. Fuck this movie. I'm sorry. You're going to vocational school. It's it's, no vocational. Okay. Yes. Yes. How about a different career track? (sighs) Have you considered Barber College? (laughs) Considered Barber College. All right. So that's our review of this movie. So, Todd. Yes. Now we get to do. We get to the best pick. part of the night because it was not the movie. Oh my god, I'm so nervous that we're going to get another sinker. Would you like to do the honors pulling this name out of Thor's helmet? Uh, yes. So okay. I'll draw this one. All right, and then oh, just we'll lift alternate Thor's helmet up. Are you worthy? Well, it's oh, only the helmet. It's the helmet, it's but it, it's helmet. so helmet. Oh, All right. God. And I'm just going to put it here on the table. Okay. All right. Go and right I'm reaching ahead. in. I'm digging deep. Oh, my God. That's Please. what she said. So, so now to be fair, I, I rated Batman well because I, I, I give it points for being what it wanted to be. You enjoy yep. the movie. Yep. Clearly, both of us hated this movie. I'm we both for... need a good movie. So I'm going to I'm gonna read it. So or, sh- or if I draw it, should you read it? No, no. You read okay. it. Okay. Draw right. and read. All right. So. Oh. 
I saw a word that's it's impressive. Okay, so one of the rules that we've established, we may not have explained explicitly, we've lined up a number of movies in terms of series. Uh-huh. So, for example, we would not watch Superman 2 with Christopher Reeves before we watched Superman 1. What we did was we put a placeholder for the number of movies in a in set series. So it just says, like, for example, this series name, series. Right. So the first time we pull that, we'll watch the first movie out of that. So I saw the word series here. So now, not every series oh, in here is good. Oh, you saw series. I, I saw series. Saw, I thought you saw Superman. No, okay. I saw series. So this is going to be a series. So yeah. whatever it is, whatever series is, th- we are going to watch the first movie in that series yes. as our next movie. Casey, would you like to know what we're watching next? I would love it. What is it? Oh, X-Men. Oh, my God. I was so excited because... Do you know how many times I saw the first X-Men in the theaters? A lot. Ten. Come on. Ten fucking times. And this was when I was living in New York City. So now the price of tickets is much more. But back in, during my college days, this was ten bucks a ticket on a college budget. I spent a hundred dollars... In New York. <laughs> ...on this movie. I am so excited that we are watching X-Men. So while we're here, uh, Todd, why don't we watch the trailer for X-Men? Oh, yes, let's. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now seeing the beginnings of another stage of human evolution. In every human being, there's not many people that will understand people like us. There exists the genetic code. You'll be safe here. What kind of place is this? You're not the only one with gifts. For mutation. The truth is, mutants are very real. And they are among us. We must know who they are and, above all, what they can do. A change is coming. Are you a God fearing man, Senator? And those we fear. Magneto believes that a war is brewing between mutants and the rest of humanity will be all that can save us. If no one is equipped to oppose them, humanity's days could be over. You're a mutant. The whole world out there is full of people that hate and fear you, and you're wasting your time trying to protect them? You sure you're on the right side? I have made the first move. That is all they know. He could wipe out everyone in New York City. Logan, help us. Fight with us. That looks exciting. That does. Um, if you're looking at a modern movie, X-Men, you can clearly find it anywhere you can find physical artifacts. You can also go online. There's services like YouTube, Google Play, and Vudu all have this movie for $2.99. That's a really good deal for this movie. For I this think. movie, it is. Yeah. That's to rent. To rent. To yes. rent. Oh, yes. All, yes, rent. These are rentals. Yes. So oh, I'm right God. with you. And I'll point out, X-Men also represented, I think, a, a new mile marker in comic book movie history, right? 100%. You can't compare it now to what it was then. I mean, we will talk about how the series have grown I, and stuff. I, but I, it has been conservatively 
five years, five, six years since I've seen this movie. I'm still going to go out on a limb and say for 2000, when this movie came out, 17 years ago, it's going to hold up. 17 years ago. Okay. Well, I let, think it's going to hold up. Let's see. Some of the effects, I'm pretty sure, aren't going to, but some of the line readings are not. But for the most part, this movie's going to hold up. So that is our next movie. Fucking X-Men. There are some nuggets in this movie, though. Holy. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, the studio audience didn't like that joke, Todd. Oh, Ooh, they've turned on you. So, Casey, this has been an evening. <sighs> Let's never, let's never. Oh, wait. We still have in oh, Thor's no. helmet, we have Captain America 1990. Now, wait, wait, wait. I, oh, no, no, wait. We have Captain America 79, A Death Too Soon, and <laughs> is it Captain Reb, America Is 90. it Red Brown again? It's Red Brown again. Fuck. Okay. It's released in the same year. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is how we will suffer for your entertainment. So, know that while we're happy about the next pick, the one after that could very well be. It could be. Yeah, if it's Captain America, soon. Death Too Soon. I'm it won't sh- be soon enough, clearly. Do we want to get it out of the way? No, I want that to be like a million. <laughs> okay. I want, I'm hoping that Marvel will make enough movies that we'll keep adding movies to the helmet so that we're not having to ever get there. I don't even know. Uh, just I'm terrified that we're going to pull another bad one. Well, but it's not as bad as Captain America 1990. So with that, we can't when we get to later Batman, later Captain America, all those, we can't compare it. We stuck to this movie. We didn't say, well, I did mention Chris Evans and Matt Salinger, but we can't compare their performances to other people who portrayed the character. So not you know to go saying? not to go, to go too far the, far down the road. I don't think you can compare Adam West Batman sixty six to any other Batman. Christian Bale or, or but but however can we compare Val Kilmer to George Clooney? Yes. Then we have well, to compare Val Kilmer to Michael Keaton because it's all the same the universe. Same run. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. I'll give you that. Okay. But Christian Bale. Christian Bale is Christian Bale. Sure. The Nolan verse is different. Yes. Okay. Agreed. I'll take that. So, okay. But we can't compare Chris Evans to Matt Salinger no, or exa- Red Brown. Agreed. Okay. I just wanted to cover that. No, that's fair. That will do it for episode two. Oh, man. Episode two of the Super Pod Hero Cast. Uh, Todd, where can you be found on social media should you wish to be found? For all of your blogging needs, Ooh. I am at TMP in SYR.com or Twitter at TMP in SYR. Casey, where can you be found on the interwebs? My Instagram is not period Ryan Casey, and my Twitter is not Ryan Casey. So that'll do it for this episode of Super, Super Pod, Pod Hero Fans. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. Until next time, be heroic. <laughs> Yes, this is we compliment each other. See, you complete me. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I wish I knew how to quit you. And I want to say I want to sing the SWAT theme right now, but I only have the final countdown in my head because they're so similar. Uh, you could go with that. I've got nothing. Uh, it's the final countdown. Okay. Is that public domain music? Uh, Bob Chicka Bop Bop? I, I think it is. <laughs> Bullshit. Bozzy Bear. That's right. <laughs> Full comedy. Waka Waka. Oh, wait, we did that wrong. Wait, it, oh. because it was... <laughs> fuck. Second episode, we're already <laughs> fucking yeah, it up. Right. Are we twatting yet? No. Oh, yet. that's something different. That's another we, channel. We, so while Todd's gone, I'm going to say I fucking hated this movie. Um, Shout out to Paul F. Tompkins. He does a stream of consciousness uh, monologue at the beginning of every episode. Well, and he's it's, brilliant, it's right? golden. It's so good. I believe he is on 
the first season of Harmon Quest. Oh yes, he's in the very oh, yeah, first he's, episode. He's okay. So he okay. Oh, he's, he's in the whole season. Then he is. He's one. He's the. He's a uh, enduring character. Uh, troll, I believe. Uh, I haven't watched Harmon Quest. Harmon Quest is brilliant. Sure. Uh, he's not a troll. It's he's a. The heck is he? Oh no, maybe he's not. Oh, you're right. No, I think right. he's just he's in the only first... the first episode. Yes, right, he right. was also. Um, a uh, shout out to Community. We're just going to do some shout outs here. They'll never make it on the podcast, but fuck it. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the episode where they all went to the bar that you find out that? I did not watch Community. However, I have recently, so as a fan of Rick and Morty, um, I've recently become a fan of Don Har- Dan Harmon, so I feel like I need to go back. Oh, you 100% need to watch okay. Community. It's, fu- it's where we get um, the Russo brothers. Right. They directed right. a bunch okay. of episodes of that, right. so you can see I'm, their flavor there. I'm not opposed. It was nice. Thank you. Is his please? I, it was acting. <laughs> acting. Thank you. Casey, cut all that.